Hey everybody, welcome back to Explain Like I'm Five, the podcast where we take the questions you always wanted to ask and talk about them in a way that's easy to understand. We are your hosts, I'm Tim. And I'm Kevin. So Kevin, today we're talking about salt. And salt is such a fascinating topic because it covers so many different things. But why don't we start with this question? Why in so many parts of the world are salt and pepper the ultimate and preferred condiment and seasoning? Uh, How is it that salt became one of the chosen food spices? You're right, Tim. Salt is really fascinating because it's such an integral part to human history, economy, and even trade and wars. To answer your direct question, it is universally part of cuisines around the world because salt preserves food. And over time, the cultures that embraced preservatives like this prospered, thus their cuisine spread around. And pepper as well also happens to preserve meats pretty good. The piperine, it kills bacteria and repels things like maggots and makes it harmless to humans. So maybe we should explain then, how does salt preservation work? So most organisms actually can't survive in a very salty environment. So for meats covered in salts, the salt basically sucks out all the liquid from any bacterial bodies through the process of osmosis. And with vegetables, salt enables something called fermentation. So basically, if you leave a vegetable on a counter, the bacteria in the air break it down eventually into something that makes us sick. But if you stick a vegetable in salt water, a different class of bacteria actually breaks it down into stuff that we can still eat even months from now. And basically, the bad bacteria that live in the air cannot grow into salt water, whereas the good ones can. So one of the reasons that salt exists in almost all cultures is that it was possible to get it almost anywhere in the world. Um, Of course, one of those places being just from the sea, the ocean. Uh, So tell us, how much salt is there in the ocean and, you know, where does it originate from? Oh, yes, yes. So there are two components of salt, uh, sodium and chlorine. And interesting thing about sea salt is that these two components actually enter the ocean separately. So the, so the sodium is from a dissolved rock, both from the seafloor and from things like runoff from the continents. Sodium is very soluble, and many of the most common rocks on the surface of the earth, like basalt or granite, it contains it. The chlorine actually is mostly outgassed from volcanic vents, believe it or not. And to your your question, the reason why there's so much of it is that salt leaves the ocean very slowly. It can be left on land when the sea you know recedes after times of high sea level, uh, or it can be buried along with the seafloor by subduction underneath continental plates, or it can re- slowly react with other rocks on the seafloor. Meanwhile, water evaporates from the surface of the ocean, making it more salty. But all these processes are very slow. And the rates at which they happen are actually proportional to how much salt is already in the ocean. So think of it as if the ocean gets saltier, the processes speed up. And if the ocean gets fresher, the processes slow down. It's like this really natural regulation function that keeps the level of salt in the ocean actually pretty stable, even over you know geological time. Now, how is sea salt any different from industrial salt? Is it all the same compound? And Why would it matter how fancy it is? Does it all taste the same? (laughs) Sodium chloride is a major constituent in all salts, but you could say sea salt isn't only sodium chloride. 
because there are some other salts present, such as potassium chloride that gives it a different appearance, or calcium chloride for that fantastic bite, and even magnesium chloride for that nice umami. So you referenced this at the very beginning, but salt was also a big part of trade in the early days. Definitely. It's, again, its preservative function enabled longer explorations and adventures for, for a start. Uh, but then, despite it being plentiful in the ocean, salt was not as um, uh, abundant historically as it is today. And it used to be much more valuable because it was so rare. Ancient governments were as strategically concerned over their supplies of salt, kind of like how modern countries uh, squabble over oil. Cities were built basically on the salt trade. People were even paid in salt. That's why we have the phrase, he is worth his salt. And also the word salary, I believe, comes from salt. Yeah, that's a fun fact. The word salary is actually derived from the Latin sal, meaning salt. And as an economic driver, salt is responsible for a lot of technological progress. Totally. People were determined to mine for salt all across the world. Salt is why uh, Chinese brine extractors were drilling these boreholes thousands of feet down, 500 years before even the first oil well in America was drilled at only 60 feet. You know, people in England proudly lay waste to the landscape, pulling brine from underground until sinkholes started appearing, uh, boiling it until the skies were black from soot in pursuit of the purest, whitest, and finest salt. Salt as an input for uh, making gunpowder, and it's also a strategic resource for war efforts. Without salt, you couldn't preserve food for your soldiers, right? So even back uh, during the... American Civil War, early on, Lincoln imposed a blockade on all southern ports, which crippled the Confederacy's salt supply. Now, to something a little bit more practical, why does putting salt on a wound increase the pain you suffer really significantly? Oh, yes, yes, it does. Um, basically, when you have an open wound, it means your nerve endings are exposed, right? And sodium and also potassium are actually the main ions that conduct those impulses in any uh, nerve cell neuron. So since one of the components of salt is sodium, it can actually confuse the nerves resulting in that intense pain. Mm. And another one, how do smelling salts wake you up after you've been unconscious? Well, salts release something called ammonia gas. And ammonia is an irritant that triggers this inhalation reflex, which also increases your heart rate. And that cancels the physical effects of fainting, you know, the reduced heart rate, breathing, and metabolism in general. Now, what would happen if we were to drink seawater? Ah, so different seas, first of all, have slightly different concentrations of salt. But typically, seawater is made of 3% salt. And the problem is, our kidneys can't quite make urine from liquids which have a concentration of salts more than 2%. So if we, ha if we do drink seawater, the kidneys have to use existing water from our body to kind of dilute that extra salt, which in turn makes us even thirstier. But did you know penguins uh, can drink salt water just fine because they have some glands near their eyes that remove salt from their bloodstream. So their bodies basically have this cool uh, desalination function and they actually sneeze out the extra salt. Wow, that's interesting. Did you learn something new? If you did, send us an email. We are at eli5thepodcast at gmail.com. We love hearing from you, especially when you have suggestions for future episodes or comments on how we can improve this one. 
As always, thank you to the community at r slash explain like I'm five, and we will see you all next week.